0: you're listening to the actor aesthetic podcast episode 121 featuring special guest new york city-based actor colin sanderson let's get started What's up, everyone? This is Maggie Barra, and welcome to another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, where I take you behind the scenes of the theater industry. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every single week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Actor Aesthetic, or join our Facebook group, the Actor Aesthetic Alliance. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get on to the show. Did you know that Actor Aesthetic has its very own online shop? Hundreds, yes, I said hundreds, of actors worldwide are finding massive success using our resume templates, audition journal spreadsheets, cover letter samples, and hundreds of audition song suggestions categorized by voice type and genre. You can even grab a copy of my ebook, Marketing 101 for Actors, an Actors Guide to Successful Branding. To learn more, go to Actoresthetic.com slash shop. So the other day, I held a poll on my Instagram asking you who have been some of your favorite guests that you've heard on the Actor Aesthetic podcast within the last year. As you know, in 2020, I made it my mission to have more theater creatives on my podcast to give you different stories, different histories, different backgrounds into the theater industry. And... Quite a few of you have said Colin Sanderson. So if you don't know who he is, Colin is my boyfriend. We've been dating now for two years and we met doing The Little Mermaid at the Fireside Theater. He understudied Eric. I understudied Ariel. The rest is a history. And just to give you a little bit of a rundown on Colin. Before the pandemic, he appeared at the Westchester Broadway Theater stage in An American in Paris. And other regional theater credits include *Lysistrata Jones at RTP, The Adams Family at Little Theater on the Square, The Little Mermaid and Newsies at the Fireside Theater. And he's also worked at the Marriott Theater, Theater at the Center, and Lithgow Family Panto, as well as many others. He has a BFA in musical theater from CCPA, and he's also a proud Equity member. As you can tell from his regional theater credits, Colin has a lot of experience working in the Chicago theater market, so he'll be talking a little bit about that, as well as his time in college at Roosevelt, and what he has learned along the way since moving to New York City just almost two years ago. Okay, that's enough from me. Go ahead and listen to our chat. Bye. I'm sure everyone wants to know who you are because you've popped in and out occasionally on my episodes yeah, briefly a I've couple months ago. Moments, yeah. You've had some moments, yeah, but we never really got to like talk about you. No. Sort of how we've been doing the episodes. So yeah. Colin, mm-hmm. tell us where you grew up okay, and how you got involved in theater.
1: Okay. I grew up in Southern California in Orange County. Um, I always say born and raised in Irvine. I wasn't born in Irvine. I was born in, like, Laguna Hills. So you're a
0: liar is what you're
1: saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I grew up in the city of Irvine. Um. If any of you know where UCI is, University of California, Irvine, literally, I live right next to it. I have a twin brother. Yeah, um, do. A younger sister. And no one in my family was really in the arts at all I'm really the first person to pursue the arts in like my immediate family and my parents noticed that I had a gift for singing hmm. and I would be in the car and I would like sing the songs that were on the radio even though I didn't know them and my mom was like he's you still do like that. literally singing and I'm and I still do that Maggie can attest <laughs> you'll be like do you know this song and I'll say no no <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's kind of how my parents found out that I could sing. Um, and then they found out about this organization called the All American Boys Chorus. Hmm. And I auditioned with my brother, and we both got in. And I was about nine years old. And so I sung with the All American Boys Chorus from the time I was nine till 13. And we toured all throughout um, California, Canada. Um, we did an Asia tour mm. and that was like a huge time in my life where I really grew as, um, a singer. And also I just felt more comfortable being me as an artist cause no one really <laughs> understood where to put you, where to put me. And I didn't even know where to put myself. Um,
0: well you, you remember very fondly your time at, in high school, middle school and high school.
1: Yeah. So in in third grade, my teacher, God bless her, because she like knew exactly what type of person I was very creative. um, And she told my parents to look at arts high schools for me. Mm -hmm. And my parents were like, great. (laughs) So we found an arts high school called OSHA Orange County School of the Arts. When I was there, it was called Orange County High School of the Arts. Um, And I auditioned and I got in and I was there for six years from seventh grade to twelfth grade. And I was a musical theater major. And that school truly changed my life. And those were truly the best years of my life. I I was so happy I thrived at that school. So
0: what did you, what went behind your decision to pursue a degree in musical theater? Was it because of your training at OSHA?
1: Yeah, literally my first day of conservatory, Mm -hmm. um, we called it. I had my first musical theater class ever. I think it was Louis Avila's class. He's now a vocal coach in LA. He was my first teacher and it was one of his classes and I came home and I told my mom, mom, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Hmm. And that was kind of the moment that I was like, I was born for this. Like this is something I really want to pursue. And I made that decision at like 13. I didn't know about college musical theater programs until about ninth grade. And one of my teachers and mentors, Wendy Tabiska, is really into um, college programs and has a lot of knowledge on that. So she taught me a lot and we um, ended up attending a college night that she hosted for musical theater programs. She brought a ton of Mm -hmm. alumni to our school. And one of them was Kelsey Schmeltzer. Um, who is an alumni of OSHA and um, ended up going to Roosevelt University for musical theater. And I remember talking to her in this big dance studio at my school and really loving the program in that moment and um, ended up visiting her and visiting another OSHA alumni who went to the school. And I think I can really attest Kelsey's experience at Roosevelt to being a major decision Mm-hmm. Um, maker for me in choosing that school. Mm-hmm. Um, the other major factor was my um, first audition for I guess technically the school, but it wasn't like college auditions. It was at the international international thespian festival, and they do a kind of a college audition thing and it's not to get into colleges it's just for colleges to get to know you and invite you to their table where they can tell you about their program Mm -hmm. and that's where I first met um the dean of the program um and I really fell in love with the program even more and also fell in love with him and felt like he wanted me for me and then by the time I auditioned for the program He remembered me Hmm. and I walked into the room and we literally had a conversation that lasted at least what felt like 15 minutes. And then eventually I was like, okay, should I be singing now or doing my monologue for you? And eventually I did. And he accepted me on the spot, truly shocked and speechless. And I ran to my mom. (laughs) And she was she was working out. this was in LA at Unifieds. And she was she was, out. she was working out. she was on a run in the gym of the hotel and I was like, "Mom, Roosevelt just accepted me on the spot." Aww. and I was just freaking out. I never in a million years would I think I would be accepted on the spot to a program. Um, but I was, and yeah, i I just love the program. I also love that it was in the city of Chicago mm. um I never really wanted the the typical college experience. I There was something familiar and warm about Roosevelt because it was in a historic building that used to be a hotel at one point, it used to mm-hmm. be a hospital, and OSHA was the same way it was. It used to be a bank. So walking up flights of stairs and being in a historic building was something that was familiar to me. So mm. it felt a little bit like home. And yeah, the, the rest is history. I, I got my BFA musical theater. You did. <laughs> I did. Can you
0: talk to me about this if you feel comfortable? Because mm-hmm. you have mentioned over the years in your high school years and college years that you didn't often get to play lead roles. Yeah. You were in shows. You were in shows a lot. Mm-hmm. But you were often in the ensemble. But then after you graduated, you were, you're probably still to this day, one of the few that actually are continuing to pursue theater. Yeah. You are still in the game Mm -hmm. and you love to do it. Mm -hmm. And I would love, and and I'll be frank, you worked a lot in Chicago. I did. And then you moved to New York and you worked too. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, and that is something to be really proud of, because you are what I consider a very successful working actor. Thank you. So, talk to me about that.
1: I always felt like I joined the theater world late, and I feel like we all have our own definition of what we think is joining the theater right. community late. Yeah. Um, so... I constantly felt like especially at OSHA, I felt like I was really needing to work super hard and um kind of prove myself as as an actor and as a performer, and I had a, m- several people who believed in me um but I struggled like I struggled vocally um mm. I struggled with nasality and um I don't. I don't know if many actors get this note a lot, but like being too big, and like uh, simplifying your choices. Um, I struggled with that for years. Nasality and like being too big. Um, it can be simpler. And in high school, I didn't get cast as principal roles very often. I was mainly in the ensemble. I was always very close, Mm -hmm. super, super close, um, but never never got cast. And then my junior year, my school was doing chess. It was the junior-senior musical and Danny Gerwin was directing it. I got called back for Freddie Trumper. I was very nervous and I walked into the room and I had to sing Pity the Child. I mean, that song is hard and it's high. And I just, I don't know what my thought process was really. It was so long ago, but I just kind of went in there and just poured, poured my guts out and I did it. And I remember my dance teacher and choreographer for the show like this, like her hands over her mouth and um, Karen Reimer, who was directing it just like in shock and Danny like smiling <laughs> and I, I booked it. In high school, I booked it. And it it was one of the proudest moments of my life and getting to do that show. And that role was a huge stretch for me. Um, But I learned so much from it and the cast was incredible and that was the first time I ever had a lead role. Hmm. So I was probably 16, 17 years old. And then, when i went to college again didn't book a lot of principal roles and it wasn't until my senior year that i booked my first um like supporting feature role and then i graduated and i was working a ton mm-hmm. i really only went about 2 or 3 months in between contracts in Chicago and I worked in southern Illinois I worked in Chicago proper I worked in the suburbs I did a contract down in Florida I went back to California I kind of was all over the place
0: that's a testament to your work ethic yeah absolutely because you didn't see being in the ensemble for any reason less than it's not no. no, especially in the professional world, it
1: ain't less than. I loved it, and I, Chicago Chicago's such a family um, theater community. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone knows each other, and everyone's very supportive of each other, so by doing these ensemble, huge ensemble shows, mm-hmm. um, particularly at the Marriott, where they do a bunch of dance shows, mm-hmm. I I built a family, and I built a relationship with the theater community there and the people at the Marriott, the artistic team. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a huge blessing.
0: So one of the topics I always like to to talk about if anyone has ever worked outside of New York is the other regional theaters that exist and the different, the different cities that you can go to, to pursue theater besides New York, Mm -hmm. Chicago is Fantastic. And I didn't know enough about it until after I graduated. Had I had known, maybe I would have, you know, I'm so close to the city in New Jersey that it it wasn't really a thought for me, but it could have been really helpful information. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your experience in the theater city of Chicago
1: yeah well going back to college that was also one of the reasons why I chose Roosevelt was because I knew Chicago had a huge theater scene and I knew I could start building relationships and networking in that city to hopefully start and launch my career there which is eventually what happened um Chicago is actually a I would say pretty big market for how small the city is. Um, obviously, at the time when I first got into that market and got into that circle, I felt like wow, this this is really big. And then I moved to Ch- and then I moved to New York, and I was like, oh, never mind. Chicago's a very small pond um, compared to the ocean that is New York City. <laughs> um, but it's. It's truly a family. Um, and I always felt very supported in Chicago by the actors there, by my teachers. Um, I took dance a lot in Chicago and voice lessons and um, and also by the, the theater community and all the artistic teams at the theaters. And I think part of the reason why that is is because the pool in chicago isn't as big it's probably the fo- a quarter of the size as new york city and because of that when you're in the audition room the artistic team can take a lot more time with you they don't really stick to that equity 3 minutes in the room sometimes it's like 5 and I think because of that, you're able to have those conversations and really build more of a relationship with the people in the room. Um, and that was a huge learning curve coming from Chicago and going to New York, where there isn't that time because there's so many people. So it was it it took uh, quite a while for me to get used to, oh, you're just in and out. And that's that's just how it works. Mm-hmm. Um it's not that they don't want to have a conversation with you. There's just so many people that they need to get through. And that was a learning experience for my own, um, like degree of success in the room. Sometimes I associated success with, is the artistic team going to take time to talk to me? And I had to really separate, Oh, that's a Chicago thing, not a New York thing. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but I highly recommend Chicago to anyone um, in whatever stage of life you're in, whether you're right out of college or you've been in New York in, for a while and want to move to a different market. Chicago is great, and it's really, really fantastic if you're non-equity, because you will get seen. and as a,
0: You'll get seen at auditions as opposed to in New York
1: City? Yes, there's a higher um, probability of you getting seen at an equity call in 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 Chicago versus New York, and you can start building your equity points, um, EMC points, excuse me, faster if you're in Chicago compared to New York City.
0: Mm. So then you made the big move to New York. I did. What have you learned prior to the pandemic? What are some of the biggest lessons that you learned about yourself after you came to New York?
1: A lot. <laughs> the first thing I learned was to have even more of a thicker skin, mm-hmm. to not take things personally, um, and it took time, and it's still something I'm working on, but to really let go of what happens in the audition room and move on to the next thing don't overanalyze it don't think about it too much just let it go and move on um i'm a very intellectual person so i like analyze things way too much
0: (laughs) well you have more time too in the chicago market because there are less auditions Mm -hmm. simply
1: and new york's always go 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 from one audition to the next audition um if you choose that um And I did, I would do like three auditions in one day, sometimes four, and that was a lot. Um, And it took, it was hard for me to disassociate myself from one audition to the next. And then the other thing that I really took away from was, especially now being separated from, Theater, because of COVID, I've had a lot of time to think, and you really need to fully believe in yourself, even when other people don't. Like, you need to know that you're good enough, and you need to know that you're talented enough to be an important and vibrant member of this industry, Mm. and no one is going to decide that for you. You need to own that, and that's something that I have learned and that I'm continuing to work on is just believing in myself and knowing that I, I am capable of what my dreams are and I'm, a, I'm capable of achieving that and being a part of this community and being a vital member of this industry And uh, I have to, like, keep saying that to myself and (laughs) reminding myself of that.
0: He's still reminding it (laughs) to himself. Actually, he is right now. He's saying it out loud so that he knows in his heart of hearts that he is valuable. I mean, yeah, you're right. Unless you have a really great coach or a good friend Mm -hmm. or supportive parents to tell you. Yeah,
1: no one's going to tell you. No
0: one's going to tell you otherwise. No one will be honest. People will be honest with you, but they won't necessarily be rooting for you the way that you should be rooting for yourself
1: yeah so if you come from a environment or even a college environment where you're used to getting that um validation validation train yourself to not get it because you don't get it in chicago and that was a huge learning curve for me because i was used chicago and new york because i was used to getting that validation
0: what would you tell Young Colin, young Colin, who was in, you know, first starting out college, young Colin, who was still finding his way. Mm -hmm. What's some of the biggest advice that you would tell him?
1: There's a lot that comes to mind. Number one is stay true to who you are and let your truest self shine and don't be afraid of letting yourself shine and being vulnerable and people seeing really who you are. The second is, I feel like in college, or at least this was just me. It was probably just me.
0: (laughs) It's only just, it's always just me. It's always just
1: me. I wanted to do everything. Oh, I wanted, that's not just you. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be the best actor I could be. I wanted to be the best singer. I wanted to be the best dancer. And now, some, now people would say, be the best musician as well. And I really went with that full throttle. And I think that's why I was working so much in Chicago was because I really was constantly training even after... Call it. Oh, that's such
0: a good point is that that's actually not it's not a bad thing to want to do all it all. Mm -hmm. But it's not about that. It's about continuing to learn and grow even after you're done with your studies. Yeah, because we as artists have to be continuing to learn and grow and educate ourselves and take classes and study and work on things we're not great at or or, you know, need to be improving upon. If we don't do that, then we're not keeping up with our industry and we're not being the best we possibly can be for an audience. Mm
1: -hmm. And I mean, this is so hard to tell an 18 year old (laughs) this, but I wish I would have really thought about how do I want my career to look? What is going to bring me joy and what is going to bring me longevity what is it at the heart of this career that i love to do that i i truly feel like i can create a long-lasting career out of i have been finding in this quarantine time and even in the past year i've been like refining my brand and who i am as a performer and what i bring to the table and Constantly reevaluating how I can market myself to achieve my ultimate goals, and sometimes that's different than how people perceive you.
0: When I teach masterclasses mm-hmm. um, about an actor's online presence, mm-hmm. specifically through branding, yeah. I always say that branding is who you are, it's the essence of who you are. Mm-hmm. Marketing is how you build awareness of who you are, yeah. of your brand. So it's more so figuring out your brand and then marketing it appropriately so that people connect both what they perceive of you and how you perceive yourself.
1: Yeah. Yes. That was beautifully said. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> that that's practice though. Like I've said that a million times. So if I don't get it right, something wrong with me.
1: And I think <laughs> in the past two years I've been constantly trying to refine that. Mm-hmm.
0: Um it's something that changes over time.
1: Yeah, it really does. And it and it takes time to know know what you offer, but align that with how people see you and, and how you're marketing yourself. Um that takes time to kind of craft and I'm still working on that. Um but if 18 year old got that advice, 18 year old Colin and understood that that's that's what i would share with him
0: yeah and that's that's something that might not even be understood quite quite fully at 18 yeah i don't think i knew who i was or what i had to offer to the world i sure i surely didn't yeah i don't think anyone does but know that 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 will come with time so if you're listening and you are you're you are in high school or or in college and you're studying musical theater know that even if you're not quite sure where you fit Quite yet, you're not quite sure your voice or what you have to offer to the musical theater world. You'll, it'll come to you one day. Yeah, it's just going to click.
1: And don't feel like you need to find that out in college. It's okay if you find that out three years after college. So don't put that pressure on yourself. It will come with time. Mm
0: -hmm. You just got to give yourself time. Yeah, you have to stay in the game. Yeah. Because if you don't stay in the game and if you don't give yourself time, then you might never know what you're capable of doing in this business. We've been talking for 30 minutes. Just this was totally unplanned. This was
1: very unplanned.
0: But I loved it. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for just hopping onto the pod and just doing
1: this. Yeah. Thanks for having me and (laughs) doing this spontaneously.
0: (laughs) I always get I always get DMs. I just told Colin, I always get DMs here and there that. Tell me that uh, I should have Colin on the podcast because y'all enjoy him. So if you enjoy him, just let me know or send him a message.
1: He'd really like that. I love you guys. That really Aww. just brings me a lot of joy that that <laughs> that you tell Maggie, have Colin on again. Ta- uh, reach out to him
0: at Colin Sanderson official.
1: Colin Sanderson underscore official.
0: Why do I never get the <laughs> hurt? <laughs> Colin, slap me. Just do it. Goodbye. I love you all. If you enjoyed today's episode and you found it helpful, I would love it if you could screenshot it and share it to your Instagram stories so that I can see who is following along with me there. If you haven't already, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Join me every single week for a brand new episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, bringing you behind the scenes of the theater industry. Until then, this is Maggie Barra signing off. It takes a village.